Back on May 10th, I posted something on my Facebook page that got a lot of people passionate, you could say, with what I said and how I said it. And I'd like to go over that today in this episode and answer some of the the criticisms uh, and see if I can't give a little bit better explanation than simply typing replies and comments. And so let's uh, dig into this as we have another hazardous conversation. Trigger warning disclaimer. Hazardous Conversations pushes rhetorical boundaries for acceptable political discourse. Listening to this program could have the uncomfortable side effect of provoking deep intellectual inquiry into foundational principles of liberty. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to the Hazardous Conversations podcast. My name is Tyler Miller. I'm your host. And I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. Now, to get things started, I'm going to apologize right away. I am sorry for the long delay in getting a new episode up. It certainly has not been for a dearth of topics to talk about. As we all know, the world is going quickly into darkness. There's just no other way to put it. Um, Hell in a handbasket, uh, seventh level of hell, however you want to frame it or phrase it, it's getting bad out there. All the while, we have a puppet in the White House and uh, his cronies backing him saying, no, no, it's, it's, it's getting better. It's great. There's nothing to worry about. So I'm not going to try to um, justify it or explain it. It's life. I don't get paid to do this. I have other obligations, my family being the top of that. So uh, I'm just going to say... Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with me. And if this hasn't affected you in any way, great. We just go on happily as though nothing happened. So today's episode, uh, I'd like to talk about a Facebook post that I made back on May 10th. And this post has gotten a lot of passionate responses from people. Um, I'll say right off the top that it got a lot of positive response, a lot more positive response than negative response, at least the people who chose to engage with it. But of the negative responses, there was a pretty common theme. Um, And that theme was, uh, well, first of all, let me read the post. It said, if you live in Washington and have children and choose to remain in that state, you are knowingly endangering your children. Now, Context. I was talking about the recently passed law, Senate Bill 5599. This is the kidnapping bill. And regardless of however else you see it portrayed in the media, this is a kidnapping bill. This bill does so many things um, that people are not either fully appreciating or completely understanding um, how far-reaching this bill is. What it does... Um, among the many things that it does, but what it does is it basically makes it so that if a child says that they are not their gender, then they are protected in seeking help for that. That's the the fluffy way to put it. Um, What it really does is it makes it so that if your child says that they're not their gender and you don't immediately rush out and go get them hormones and start chopping parts off their body or adding parts to their body, depending on how it goes, 
then you are abusing that child and the state has the right to take them away from you. Not only has the right, but they will. They will actively take them away from you. That will happen either at school or at the doctor's office, or they will send enthusiastic brown shirts, maybe wearing blue, uh, to your house to take your child from you. This is going to happen. This already has happened. All they are doing with this law is giving it a color of law so that they can do it, quote unquote, legally. Now, the other thing that this law does is it allows minors who travel to Washington state from other states to essentially enter into a protective custody program. All they have to do is say the magic words, gender identity, and they can get whisked away into a shelter, into a foster care, whatever it is, wherever the state takes them and puts them and effectively kidnap your child. And not only are they not obligated to tell you, the law prohibits them from telling you. So if you live in, say, hmm, Arkansas, and your child manages to get on a bus or get on a plane or get in a car with somebody or go visit people in the state of Washington, and they all of a sudden have this epiphany that I shouldn't have a penis or I shouldn't have breasts, then they can go to any doctor, any uh, health services, whatever you want, whatever you will, and say, I am not my gender. My parents don't support me. I want to stay here and get treatment and your child disappears. Now here's the kicker. If you know your child went to that state and your child has disappeared and you contact law enforcement in that state and say, Hey, my child traveled to Washington state. They uh, should have been in this town, should have been with these people, blah, blah, blah. Can you help me find them? Even if law enforcement knows for a fact where your child is, this law prohibits them from sharing that information with you as the parent. It prohibits law enforcement from doing their job. You want to know what else it does? It goes a little step further than that. It also prohibits state agencies from actively engaging with other state agencies, outside state agencies. So again, with the example, state of Arkansas, let's say I get the state of Arkansas law enforcement, state police or state attorney general's office involved. And they send requests saying, where is this child demand, you know, extra um, extradition cases, uh, produce this child. Here's a court order. The law in Washington state that has just been signed by that dictator prohibits state agencies in Washington from cooperating with outside state agencies. It tells them to ignore court orders. It tells them to ignore requests from outside law enforcement. It tells them to basically ignore the rest of the union. Now, if you already knew all this, good. I'm glad. Apparently, a lot of the people who were upset with my post Maybe they did. Maybe they did know how bad it was on that regard. What a lot of people seem to be confusing is the idea that, well, if you don't have your kids in public school, they're safe or they're safer. Well, I'll get into that in a second. So to the criticisms that I received on this, a lot of people were really upset that I phrased it the way that I did. And I understand 
because a lot of people feel like, well, number one, they feel trapped. A lot of people feel like they have no ability to leave the state. And they really take umbrage at the idea that because they have no ability to leave the state, that I'm saying they're knowingly endangering their child. And what they're failing to understand here is that my post was a blatant statement of fact. It wasn't commenting on a person's moral judgment or their situation. It's simply saying, if you choose to stay there. Now, I understand you're saying you don't choose to stay there. You have no choice but to stay there. I disagree. And I'll explain that in a minute. But the point, in fact, is if you stay in that state for whatever reason, you are knowingly endangering your child. And here's why. If you know about this law, if you know what it can do, if you know how dangerous it is, that's knowingly endangering your child because your child within those borders are infinitely at greater risk than being outside of those borders. Simply by being present in the state of Washington, you are exposing them to a level of danger that does not exist if you are outside of those borders. I didn't say the danger goes completely away because as I just said, they want to make Washington state a sanctuary state for this kind of evil. And that's what it is. It's evil. But it is akin to choosing to stay in Cuba to fight against Fidel Castro rather than trying to get to America. Okay? It's the same as I'm going to choose to stay in the Soviet Union rather than getting to freedom. I'm going to choose to stay in East Germany instead of trying to cross the Berlin Wall. I'm going to choose to stay in Mao's China instead of getting the heck on a boat and getting out of there. There is no valor, there is no honor in staying behind enemy lines with your children, knowingly placing them in greater danger by doing so in order to continue a fight that you believe in, even if that fight is righteous. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not criticizing anybody's decision or desire to stay there and fight. For whatever reason, to defend your home, uh, I, I get it. All the reasons, you know, if, if everyone leaves and who will fight and blah, 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 blah. I will get to that in a second as well. But doing so, choosing to do so with your children and the greater risk that this law now poses to them, you are knowingly endangering your children. And yes, I will question if you are making that choice out of sound logic or out of vain glory. There is nothing honorable about choosing to stay in a situation that creates greater risk for your children. And I'm not going to apologize for that statement. You may not like it. You may think that you have no other choice in your situation. None of that changes the fact that remains that being in that state with children knowingly endangers them. Now, 
onto the idea that people have no choice. I do not agree with the idea that people have no choice. You can be in a very tough situation. You can be in a situation where the choice is not palatable. You can be in a situation where you cannot make that choice. For example, I had, just like everyone did, the choice to receive the jab or not. Now, that wasn't a viable choice for me. It never was. So you can argue, did I really have a choice? And the answer always is, yes, I did. I had the choice before me. Even if one of those options, one of those choices was one I could not do. Every day I have the choice before me to pick up the bottle again. Even knowing that I cannot choose that option. It still is before me. Not liking your choices is not the same thing as not having any choice. And I don't know that there's any more plain way that I can say that. And I don't know that there's any way that I can help people to understand that. That is, unfortunately, it's one of those things that you have to come to in life. You have to go through something or see somebody go through it in a way that affects you enough for you to understand it to see it, and to appreciate the truth of it, regardless of how it makes you feel. Now, dealing with the idea of, again, if you run away, this stuff is everywhere. You, you know, If you run away, um, it'll just spread. And when you have no other place to run, what are you going to do then? You're just going to keep running away, yada, yada, yada. You know, it, I, I've, I've addressed this. I believe I've addressed this on this podcast before, but I know I've addressed it on the Facebook page and other places. There is a difference between running away and making a strategic retreat. And the people who make those statements who say, well, you're just running, you, you know, I'd rather stay and fight and all this stuff. Forgive me, but you are displaying an incredible lack of understanding of history that there are times and there are and you can see it especially in american history in our revolution where making strategic retreats in order to preserve the ability to fight is absolutely necessary and if it wasn't if that idea was always frowned upon and um you know basically if if you take the attitude of some of the people responding to this post, then George Washington is the biggest coward in American history, not our greatest hero. You know, you can look throughout history and see all sorts of examples. Um, what about the British the who, during the uh, Battle of Britain in the air raids, sent all their children out of London to escape the bombings? Were they cowards? Were they immoral? Or were they recognizing that they need to stay and fight, but their children can't. Recognizing the danger of a situation is not commenting on the necessity to fight the danger. It's looking at the reality of the situation and saying, it's not safe to fight here. And if I have a viable way to go someplace safe to regroup, 
so that I can make a better attack from some pl- a place of strength, then I need to do that. So no, the idea of leaving Washington is not about retreating. The idea of going to a quote-unquote red state is not about giving up the fight. It's about going to these places and shoring up the defenses. It's about going to these places and finding communities and building communities and solidifying communities that can more effectively fight back against this. And most fundamentally, it's about your children and putting them in as safe a position as you possibly can, as safe a place as you possibly can, and positioning yourself to be able to defend them if necessary as best as you possibly can. There are certainly other battlefields and battlefronts If we're not careful, the state of Texas is going to fall between what Biden's doing on the border and the concerted effort of the blue population centers of Houston, Austin, Dallas. There is a real danger that we lose Texas and all the people fleeing to Texas because it's a red state now and it's got all these freedoms are going to find themselves in a world of hurt if they don't get off their butts and start pushing back against this stuff a lot harder than it seems that they are. I've got to do the same thing in Arkansas. People got to do the same thing in Idaho. People got to do the same thing in Florida, even with the great support that it's got there, because you know they're going to be going after those places hard. This evil does spread, but it only spreads if we become complacent. And it definitely spreads if we waste our energies fighting over territory that's already been lost. If you want to delude yourself into thinking that Washington is a salvageable state, that's fine. I'm not, there's nothing I can say to dissuade you on that. But for God's sakes, if you've got children, do not let your vanity of wanting to continue that fight place them in greater danger by staying there. Now, the school issue. A lot of people, and I see this not only in this post, but in other threads as well, seem to be under the impression that the main threat uh, from this law and from other things that ail us in this country with other aspects of wokeism seem to think or be under the impression that the government schools are the source of all of our troubles and if we just get our kids out of the government schools and stop funding those and and dismantle teachers unions and yada 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 that this problem will go away and it won't it won't yes we need to do those things yes if your children are still in government schools get them the hell out but they are unfortunately especially with this law in washington no safer in a private Christian school, and they are moderately safer with homeschool. That's the safest place you can have them. But they're not out of danger yet. Why are they in danger at private Christian schools or private schools in general? Well, because even private Christian schools are still state-authorized educators. They are still mandatory reporters. They are still obligated 
to follow those protocols if they wish to avoid lawsuits, regardless of what their faith is and what their faith says. This law has reclassified abuse as including the denial of somebody's gender identity. And I believe sexual orientation is probably wrapped in that. And if it isn't, it's not too far off. So, even at your private Christian school, and, and here's the thing, they are going to be targeted. Are you so naive to think that they're not going to be targeted? Come on. How much thought and energy does it take to really think through the scenario of, hey, there's this Christian school over here. They're not... You know, we don't like them, just like we don't like the Christian bakers, just like we don't like the Christian florists. So we're going to target them. We're going to send our kids there. Now, most Christian schools, and I know this because the church I went to in Washington had an elementary school. So I understand a little bit, at least of our process, involves an interview with the parents and the principal, and you go over the the faith-based aspects of it the things that they do believe, the things that they don't believe, the things that they allow, the things they don't allow based on their faith. And the parents who are going to strike a blow for the social justice cause are going to lie their little butts off to get their kid into that school so that their kid can say, I'm a girl or I'm a boy. My parents don't agree with that. And it will be an orchestrated event. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to have schools, you're going to have faith-based schools who say, we don't recognize that. We're not going to, that is not part of our faith. We are not going to follow this part of the law, as they should, as Scripture requires them to. And then what's going to happen is little Johnny's going to go home, little Johnny or Sally's going to go home, tell their mom and dad, you know, I told them you guys were abusing me. They didn't do anything. And there's a lawsuit and they're going to get shut down. It's going to happen. May not happen overnight, but it is going to happen. And failure to see that, failure to recognize that that is where this is going, I, I don't know what I can do to help you if you can't see that or if you won't see that. So no, your kids are not safe anywhere if they're in government schools. And yes, this crap is in Arkansas public schools too. It's not as prevalent. It's not as bad as Seattle or the rest of Washington, but it's here. It's working its way in. The battles are happening. The school board fights are happening. It's here. Get your kids out of government schools. But please do not be lulled into that false sense of security of, well, they now go to a private Christian school. Or do not be lulled into that false sense of security of, well, I homeschool. Because what's the curriculum you're using? What other sources of information are your kids still being exposed to? Just putting that out there, it's a caution. Don't get so focused on how fouled up the government schools are that you lose your perspective over what the real threat and from where the real threat is coming from with regards to this new law in the state of Washington. Colorado's got a similar law. California's got a similar law. Other states, other blue states are following suit. It will start to spread. This is going to be a major issue. And in the next episode that I'm going to record, I'm going to talk about a plan that I have 
to push back against this. I mean, actively push back against this because it needs an active pushback because there are going to be parents who are going to lose their kids to this stuff if we don't act. And I mean act, not talk, not keyboard warrior it. We need to act. And I will explain that in the next episode on the idea and the plan that I want to put together on that. So, sorry if this seemed like a little bit of a venting episode, but I needed to say it. I needed to respond and verbalize it. Because, well, number one, I was tired of responding to individuals and saying the same thing in multiple posts. And number two, it needs to be heard as well as read. And sometimes you can hear somebody differently than you can read them. I know that firsthand. And hopefully I haven't come across as being intentionally offensive. If you're in a situation where you genuinely genuinely feel that you do not have a choice, you have no choice but to get out, then please listen to my next episode because there is a plan and a way that we can help even you. And quite frankly, we need your help in order to get that plan underway. So with that, I'm going to say thank you all for listening to this episode. I apologize if it seems a little preachy, and I apologize if it comes across as just venting. But this law is insidious. It is insidiously evil. And I don't, I really don't think people fully appreciate just how far reaching it is. And the more we can talk about it and the more we can expose it and the more we can come together in ways to combat it, the better we off we are. So I will say I apologize to those who genuinely took offense at what I said, but it doesn't change the truth of what I said. Please think about that. And with that, we will wrap up this episode. God be with you all in all that you do, and remember, keep the faith and keep up the fight.